Well, praise the Lord again. This is our regular weekly Bible study, and the topic today is knowing Jesus. Knowing Jesus. There are many people who tell you today they're Christians. Oh, yes, I'm a Christian. But by the kind of lifestyle they live, if you're a true born-again Christian, you'd know that they do not know Christ. The reason is that anyone who comes to Jesus Christ, no matter how filthy, no matter how low you've sunk in sin, you never leave the same way, which means you never go back to the style of living that you once had. The Holy Ghost himself will minister to you He will cleanse you through the blood of Christ. You cannot cannot go back the same way that you came. So today, we're going to talk about knowing Christ. We have a number of scriptures, and the first one is coming from um, Philippians 4 and 10. And then we'll move on from there. Father, In the name of Jesus, we ask for your guidance and direction. We ask for the Holy Spirit's wisdom and instructions. We ask for his anointing. We ask, Lord, for new revelations, new discernment. Make them so sharp, Lord, we just can't miss them. Let this instrument that you've chosen, may the Holy Spirit speak through me and use me as your oracle with a fresh anointing in Jesus' name. Let those who hear, let it bring changes to life. Cause people to pause and think. And ask himself or herself, am I truly born again? Do I really know Jesus Christ? This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Faith Restoration Ministries of Jekina Theological College. We're on the web at www.frministry.org. And you can also call us at 678-964-4096. Maybe you have um, a problem and you need someone to talk with. You need a prayer. You need someone to pray with you about something. Let me guarantee you, God still answers prayer. I can't tell you how or when, but God still answers prayer. That is why Jesus said, Men ought always to pray and not to faint. So today we just want you to know that God is with you regardless of what. Just have faith in him and do not crouch at satanic forces and, and at his, um, his command. Listen, if you trust in God, there is nothing, there is nothing that you cannot do. Just believe in him. You can still live the Christian life. So let's read what it says here in in, um, Philippians chapter 4 and 10. It says, rather, chapter 3. I have it here. Chapter 3 and 10. Oh, my Lord. It is chapter 3 and 10. It says here, that I may know him. Amen. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. 
if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. You know, we all, I think just about anyone who is a Christian has some idea of who um, Paul really was. We all, we all remember that he, um, he persecuted the Christians, he sought them out, and even when he got saved, when the Lord met him, he was on his way to Damascus. Yes, with letters to arrest Christians, put them in prison. And he gave the consent for the death of the first martyr after Christ, Stephen, the first martyr. So, you know, Paul, after there, there was such a change that took place. I mean, he was not the same person anymore. His lifestyle had changed. He said, listen, just being baptized and filled of the Holy Spirit, that's not enough for me. I want to know Jesus Christ. He said that I may know him experientially. I want to know about Christ. Not out of curiosity, but I want to know what he does. The relationship he has with people. You know, I want that kind of close, intimate relationship with him. Then he said, I want to know about the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, and about his death. To know means to perceive or to become acquainted with. You cannot know someone unless you have that experiential um, connection, relationship at some time or even right now, wherever you are. It's the only way you know. Listen, even having a long, you know, they have long distance relationship, you only know some things, I would say, theoretically about the person, but you really don't know that person. Listen, pictures may show, but look, they don't even show the blemishes because they have these concealers that you can use. You look at these um, actors and actresses. Not a blemish on their faces, unless it was staged. And so, you get to know someone, not just by hearing about them. You know them by reading or what someone says that's vicariously. But experientially, you've been around that person. So you know the individual. And this is something that Paul said, I want to know who Jesus is. I want to make his acquaintance. I want an intimacy or closeness with Jesus. I want to feel that physical sensation of the Lord being with me, walking with me, talking to me. I want to hear him. You may say, how could that ever be? It can. Jesus has ways. God has ways. The Holy Spirit will have ways how they can manifest themselves to you individually and in various forms. You pray to the Lord, Lord, I need so much because I have a bill to pay. God doesn't come down and present himself to you and bring that $5,000 to you. No. He appoints someone, whether it's a bank manager, your friend, somebody. That's who he is. And that's how he shows himself. God loves me. How do you know? Other people, he showed it through other people. You love others. You love God. 
but the way you show your love is through your relationship with others. So he said, that I may know him. And Paul really talks about knowing him, knowing Jesus Christ. There are people today, as I said earlier in my introduction, who say they're Christians. I heard one actress once say, oh, Jesus never turned anyone away and to stop there. But what she did not understand was that nobody who ever ventured before the Lord Jesus Christ or called upon him and he answered ever left him without change. And I'm going to show you in John chapter 8, the woman was caught in adultery. She was caught in the very act. And read it, it's in John chapter 8, read from 1 to 11. But when Jesus, when he said, he, he, he challenged the people because they were going out with Moses' law. She should be stoned, Lord. She should be stoned. And everyone had a stone. Everyone had a stone to stone that woman. So what they did, they brought her to Jesus. And when they brought her to Jesus, Jesus, he said nothing. He knelt down and he started to write. We don't know what he wrote on the ground. But the woman was brought to him. And Jesus said to them all, anyone who is here without, a, without sin, cast the first stone. Talk about wisdom. Here was Solomon and, and the baby with the two women. <laughs> and the baby said, okay, I'll split this baby. You said the baby is yours. Said the baby is yours. I'm going to split the baby. This was great. Jesus is greater than Solomon. He said, all right, anyone who is standing here without sin, cast the first stone. Everyone left from the greatest to the least. While Jesus wrote, at the end, he turned, verse 10, when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, no, man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Now remember, Jesus does not turn anyone away. But hear what he said. Neither do I condemn thee. Listen to these five words. Go and sin no more. So you pastors out there, televangelists, telling people, Oh, you can go to heaven. Of course they can go. But remember, go and sin no more. You cannot go back to the same lifestyle and say you know Jesus Christ. You still don't know him. Not even vicariously. You don't know him. You know of him. He's loving, he's forgiving. But you have not accepted his forgiveness because you have not changed, you have not turned away from your lifestyle. Whatever it may be. Then he said, to know about the power of the resurrection. What does resurrection power do for the believer? You know what it does for us? It gives us the ability to go into the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Acts chapter 1. And look at verse 8. Let's start from verse 5. For John truly baptized with, with water, but ye shall be baptized of the Holy Ghost not many days hence. 
When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But listen, this is where I'm trying to get at. Verse 8. But ye shall receive what? Power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto the, me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. When you know Jesus Christ, you know the power of the resurrection. You know what healing means. You know what it is to pray and see answers. You know the power of faith. You know what grace is about. But you have to know him. You have to change your lifestyle. Being a good person is not enough. You have to let the Holy Ghost come into your life and change you. The power of the resurrection. That's what it does. Listen, if Jesus had not died, okay, let's say he died. But he's still in the grave like some of the people others are worshipping. They're worshipping as a dead tomb. But Jesus rose on the third day. And that's what resurrection does for us. Resurrection power. Through the power of the Holy Ghost, we have the authority to preach with great influence of faith and see souls, see sinners converted to God. Listen, not only that, but when you look into Luke, Luke chapter 10 and verse 19, it shows us here that we need the Holy Spirit to understand what resurrection is about. We need the Holy Spirit to live. We need the Holy Spirit to know Jesus Christ because we are tossed and te tested on every hand and side. There are demonic powers coming at us all the time. Christians are being persecuted. If it hasn't reached you yet, it's coming in various ways. And again, they're not going to throw you to the lions. No, no, no. That's not what they, that's a different they're gonna use a different style. They're gonna use psychology. They're gonna lose use fear, dread. And many you're gonna be shaken, you're inside and you don't wanna get out because you're afraid. You know. But those demonic powers, they're being ruled by Satan. But hear what Jesus said. In verse 18 of Luke chapter 10, I like to read 18 first. It says, behold, it says, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. And Jesus said, ha, all right, Savior, come down to torment my people. You come down to torment my apostles. The people are standing up for me, the Christians. They are being persecuted. But nevertheless, he said, behold, I give unto you power which authority then to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by enemies hurt you. So you see, they're going to come after you in various forms and fashion. But what we need to do, saints, brethren, what we need to do, where Jesus said, in my name, when they come, when the demons come against you, you know, demons, I, I've never seen such work of satanic, sa such satanic force 
as I'm seeing in these last couple of years. It's as if the whole, all hell has broken loose. They're in every area of life, not only just outside, but they're in the church as well. How many churches today have fallen for the lies and the deceit and the influence of worldly lusts? All manner of worldly, they're just conformed to worldliness. Demonic spirits. But he said, in my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak in other in new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. It doesn't mean you go and drink something, drink poison, say so it won't harm me. He's talking about accidentally. People said it for you or whatever way it happens, but accidentally. They shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. Let me say here, this is the authority we have in Christ. This is the power of the resurrection. Amen? The power of the resurrection. Bless the Lord. We have power to witness, Acts chapter 1 and 8. We need the Holy Spirit. Power to cast out demons, to heal the sick, as we read there in Matthew 16 and 17 and Matthew 10. Then the next portion says the, to understand the fellowship of his suffering. First Peter 4 and 10 tells us to arm ourselves likewise, even as Christ has suffered. There are people who say Christians not supposed to suffer. Not true. Don't believe them. Read that whole chapter of First Peter chapter 4. We are going to suffer even as Christ suffered. We will suffer. You can't escape it. It isn't something you can talk your way out or buy your way out. Listen, it won't happen. Don't even try it. Don't even think about it. We will suffer. Suffering is part of it. Let's look at, um, take a scripture here. I want to make sure I have the right one before I call it. Um, serving the Lord, living for the Lord, it means you have to pay up, you will pay a price. There's no question about it. Because suffering, especially um, suffering, it is a portion, it's part of that. You have to pay a price. Even as Christ has suffered, we too will suffer. You better believe it. It will happen. And hear what he said in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 24. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. We cannot endure suffering without the Holy Spirit's power. It's impossible. You can't do it in your own strength. Listen, aspirins can't help you. Amen. Morphine can't help you. It's only the Holy Spirit's power through grace. And your faith will help you to endure temptation. That's suffering. You better believe it. Temptation, people are cursing you out and you're tempted to give as it was given to you. But you suffer, rather suffer instead. So, then he said, we, for us to even go through suffering, we have to crucify the flesh. We cannot just tell ourselves, okay, um, well, I'm not going to take that from her. What does she think? Uh, uh, yes, I know I'm a Christian, but hear what Paul said in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. He said, I am crucified of Christ. I'm crucified of Christ. 
I suffer with him. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave, who loved me and gave himself for me. Do we think that Christ who suffered so greatly, so much shame, pain, and so forth, that we are just going to ride on flowery beds of ease, calm sea, never turbulent. It won't happen, saints. We have to go through. If we name the name of Christ, suffering is, is, a, is part of it. Don't believe those persons who say to you, you're not to suffer. We are, then he said in, verse, in four, at four, the, first, the fourth um, phrase, he says, we are confirmed rather conformed to his death. Paul said he wanted to be conformed. Amen. To be conformed. To hear what, let's read it again, Philippians 3 and 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering and be, being made conformable unto his death. Listen. By suffering for his sake, Spiritually, this is self-denial. You have to deny yourself. You cannot, and, and let me show you a way, another way in which you deny yourself. Let's go to Colossians. This is um, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 5. Talk about crucifying the flesh. Here it comes. Make a note of this. Crucifying the flesh. You may say, how do I do this? Turn to Colossians chapter 3 and verse 5. He says here, and he's talking about putting on the old man, the old you, what you used to do. He said, mortify, that means put to death those passions. Ignore them, call on the Holy Spirit, call on God's grace. He said, mortify therefore your members which are upon the flesh, fornication. And you know fornication encompasses all manner of sexual sins. That's what fornication is. It covers like an umbrella. Covers all manner. No matter which way you turn it, fornication covers it. All manner of sexual sins. Uncleanness. Oh, God. Inordinate affection. You know, there are all kinds of different types of um, inordinate affection, inordinate desires. People have been desire for this and desire for that. They're immoral, ungodly, unnatural, and all those things. Evil concupiscence. And many times, you know, verse 5 here, we're looking at evil, evil concupiscence. We're looking at evil desires again. We have to put the passions, you know. We have to ask the Holy Spirit to control the passions and the desires which are wrong. Covetousness. That's another one. She has this. I got to get one bigger. I got to get one better. Covetousness. You don't know the person got what he has, but you're going to covet her or him for it. And he says, this is idolatry. And verse 6 says, for which things say, these are the things that bring the wrath of God on the children of disobedience. If you are indeed a child of God, 
if you have truly come to know Jesus Christ, your lifestyle must change. Paul said that I may know him. How can you say you know Jesus Christ, but you're still living the same old life, going to the same old places, having the same friends, having the same old lifestyle? No, you have not known Christ yet. Not even vicariously. And I'm repeating myself. To know Christ means you've got to change. You'll suffer with him. Yes, you will. The resurrection power will be in you. You'll experience a new life. It will be a new you. People will see will see you different because you're no longer conformed to the world, but you're conformed to the death of Jesus Christ by transformation through the Holy Spirit. We suffer persecution when we take up our cross to follow Christ. Luke 9 and 23. We are conformed to Christ's death by assimilating ourselves in him. Allowing the Holy Spirit to change our vile nature and making us newborn babes in Christ. And as we grow, we get stronger in him. Today, I hope that if you are one of those persons who who have been told that you can live any life, you go to heaven. Look at the kind of life you're living. I don't, and by the way, some of these Bibles that are out there, they're just man's imagination. You know, maybe they're intellectuals and they decide, oh, this is the way we should, we should read the Bible. Read the Bible through the Holy Spirit. Get yourself a King James. Yes, that's the only thing I'm produced, one of the things I'm produced about. Not people, but the kind of Bible that I've, um, I remember recently, I said it on one of my programs, there were about 19 Bibles, I think I counted, different types of Bibles outside of the King James. All you need, get yourself a King James Bible. And don't mind these other Bibles that they have out there. They're like writing stories. Today, I hope something shake you that you've heard, change you, from the lifestyle you've been living, the way you thought it was a, a, rather a Christian should live, because it's the way you were told. The church you're in, they don't really pay attention to how you live. You need to leave that church. There are many churches today where the, believer, the, the members are dead. They're all sitting in dead pews. It's like a morgue. You go in there, it's like a morgue. Quiet. Dead. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't operate in those churches. If you're in one of those churches, it's time to flee for your soul's sake. Get to know Jesus Christ. You can't know him through your parents. You can't know him through your type of lifestyle. You can't know him through these televangelists. In fact, you don't even need to listen to some of them. Because themselves, maybe we're saved one time, but no longer following according to the word of God. You don't need to follow them. Many of them, all they preach is prosperity from morning until night. Prosperity. Prosperity, prosperity. Prosperity is only for this world. It's temporary. It's not for making you ready, ready for heaven. 
So today, I hope that something said here call you to think and will motivate you to change your lifestyle and get to know Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for the word. We ask, Lord, that you water it with your blessings. Touch the lives of those, O oh God, who are being misled, that they can live any life and still go to heaven. I pray it is a means of provoking them, motivating them, that they recognize they must be changed through the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. They must get to know you through your suffering, know you through the resurrection, being conformed to your death. Experientially, they need to know you for themselves. And truly, indeed, when they come to you, they will be, they will be transformed by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I pray for that one right now, God, who's crying out to you, saying, Lord, have mercy. I thought I was a Christian. I thought I knew you. But now I'm understanding that I still don't know you. Reveal yourself to me. May you do that, dear Father, and I know you will. Lord Jesus, I know. You said you're knocking on the door. Anyone who opens the door, you will enter in and sup with him or her. So right now I pray there will be those knocking, and I know you're ready to enter. May you bless us today. May your presence go with us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer or you need us to explain anything else for you, you can call us at 678-964-4096. Leave a message if we did not get to answer you. And we will, or tell us when we can call back for you and leave your name. Or maybe you just need prayer. You can leave a text there. Please pray for me for whatever the case may be. You don't even have to leave your name. We will pray for you because we do believe in prayer. May God bless you again. We're at www.frministry.org, Faith Restoration Ministries, and Jekina Theological College. You want to study the word? We're on the web at www.frministry.org. And our college is online. You don't have to leave your home. Everything is done online. You want to know more about us? Just call us or leave a message. We will get back to you. God bless you until we meet again.